You're listening to the Mastering College to Career podcast, the show for first-generation and minority college students. Each episode will feature topics such as highlights and progress from students who have completed the MC2C mentoring program, networking opportunities, and unique insights and strategies from industry thought leaders. So, if you're looking for your guide to success, you're in the right place. Now, without further ado, let's get into the show. All right, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career Podcast. And today we have an amazing episode where we will be talking about people skills for analytical thinkers. And to do that, we have the author of the book, um, an amazing five-star book on Amazon and everywhere else, People Skills for Analytical Thinkers. And we have the author, Gilbert Eichelenbaum, with us today. How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. Thanks a lot, Daniel. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Me too. I kind of just want to start because I found it so fascinating that you started playing professional poker. Tell, Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, that was, that's right. I was a student, actually. I was a second year student. I was 19, 20 years old. And then I found out about this game poker and I knew, knew about it from movies, right? That's it. But I didn't really know the rules. So I started to learn the rules and I always was into games and mathematics, especially. And I found poker fascinating because it allowed me to make my decisions based on data, because in the end, it's all analysis and mathematics. And I could, I was playing online and slowly I started to become a bit better. In the beginning, I played for nothing, right? Zero play money, but then one, two cents and then slowly up, up, up until a a time where I had an interesting conversation with my parents saying, hey, I would like to do this. Um, I would like to quit my studies for a bit. And of course, I was a bit nervous about that conversation because I was, afraid how they would react maybe they think i'm a i'm a gambling addict or whatever but luckily i could show some consistent growth and then i did it and it was a really fun period of my life uh, so you say you don't play anymore do you not play anymore because you, you're kicked out of all the tournaments for analyzing it too well or is it just more <laughs> out of the like what why did you stop <laughs> yeah after uh after two years i quit because i wanted to develop more in other areas, more in, in people skills, basically. And I started to become more active within my fraternity. We ran a, a student bar and I became the president and wanted to develop more people skills instead, instead of only the analyzing. And when I think about it now and you ask a question in that way, uh, it makes sense, right? But it, you can only connect the dots backwards, not uh, right. at that moment. I had no idea. So interesting. Um, I want to talk a little bit about like what made you want to write this book? Because I mean, that title itself just caught my attention. And I was telling you before we recorded that uh, a lot of the students that I work with are STEM students and, and they're just brilliant. But one of the things that I have to work with them the most is teaching them how to communicate, right? And teaching them those people skills. And so when I read about you, when I was reading more about your book, I was like super fascinated, but interesting. How were you able to connect those dots and how did you come up with this um, idea for the book and what is kind of the book about? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you a bit more about it. Um, actually, the book already kind of started when I was playing poker, uh, but I, I didn't realize, as I said, I was very much focused on the analysis. I was playing online, so six to nine tables at the same time. And every time I needed to make a decision, I had the data with me. So every time I needed to behave, I knew what to do. 
but outside of the poker table behind not behind the screen but in real life interacting with other students it was more difficult because i could not analyze everything even though i did i remember one scenario where i was sitting with a, a, a group of students were working on this study project and i was quite i was pretty quiet I was, I was shy and also i was analyzing way too much i was thinking about okay the next next thing i want to say is that smart enough if is is it funny enough does it contribute to this conversation i wasn't sure i was thinking way too much and that's why i didn't say much also one, one this this group setting with the other students at some point, uh, a girl asked me, hey, Gilbert, what do, you, what do you think about it? What should we do? And then one other guy, he was, before I could answer, he said like, yeah, never mind, you know, Gilbert doesn't have an opinion anyways. And that, that really hurt, that really hurt. If I think about it, it still hurts. And it wasn't true, right? I, I, I did have an opinion, but I took just take longer to, to understand, hey, what am I thinking? What, what do I think about this subject? What's in front of me? And yeah, that was also a realization for me. Okay, this is not how I want to proceed because this is not how I want to live my life. And I started to read a lot of books and try to develop in this area. And then, yeah, fast forward 10 years and then we're two years, um, 2019. And then I started writing a book. I was traveling around the world. I was taking a sabbatical from work, a break for work. And I thought, okay, um, I'm going to write a little, I wrote a lot in the last years, but I'm just going to write 20 pages just as a PDF document to help other people, analytical type of people like me, hoping that it helps them a little in improving people skills. But then it started to grow and grow. I started to brain dump and at some point also structure it and work with a professional editor to make the story coherent and interesting. And in the end, it turned out to be a book and um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm proud, but I'm most um, satisfied with comments. You know, people that send me an email saying, hey, this book helped me because I understand better what drives up other people's behavior or I understand myself better. Or sometimes I, I had, a had a conversation with my girlfriend. Now, I, now we connect a bit better. So I'm not a relationship therapist, but that's also not the aim of the book. Uh, the aim of the book is to... Yeah, help you understand your own behavior better and that of others so that you connect better and improve your relationships. What advice do you have um, for a, a, maybe a student listening to us right now, maybe very analytical, you know, very like just doesn't like to, it's, understands that networking is important, but just doesn't find the, like, I guess is, is afraid to even start networking, is afraid of even starting. Like what advice do you have for them? I think most important thing is to get out of your comfort zone and, and stretch it every time a little bit. And because every time you do that, every time you do something that scares you, you become more confident because you show yourself that it's not the end of the world. The worst that can happen is a little awkward situation. Um, but often, more often than not, you have a positive outcome. You have a small interaction. Maybe it's meaningful, maybe, maybe it isn't, but it doesn't matter. It's to prove to yourself, I can do this. And with that confidence, you can also start to build more habits around people's skills. So I have a theory, and, and I don't know if, 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 if I'm wrong, please correct me. This is my theory. I think, you know, when we think about networking, uh, we are, you know, 
if you are very analytical, maybe you're, you're afraid, maybe you're shy about it, but I think most people think that when they're networking to get a job, they go to the recruiter and the recruiters generally are not the STEM majors, the analytical types. They're more the type A personalities. They're more the outgoing personalities, mm -hmm. right? So my advice is to start networking with the hiring manager, the people that do the job that you want to do, the people that, that because most likely they're also very analytical and they're also issues um, a couple of years ago so they can relate to you more. I found that to be true on your end. I think it's great advice. And, and I think it's also spot on in terms of personality because the recruiters are often more extroverted, more, um, yeah, more, more social and more uh, dynamic. And if you don't keep that in mind, then you may come across or usually people like others who are similar. It's, 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 it's a shame, but that's how it works. And if you're, your behavior is similar to the other person and you probably connect better with the hiring manager who's more analytical. And I think one other point in networking is that if you think constantly think about what can I get out of the situation, how can I promote myself better? Then you're constantly trying to convince other people. You're, you're very eager to prove yourself. And I think a way to turn it around is, Hey, what, how, how can I be interested to the other person? Instead of how can I be interested? So I, how, can, how can I be interested in the other person instead of making the other person interested in me? And I think putting the spotlight on others, asking questions and make and listen, I think that works much better in networking. Yeah. How do you advise someone to keep the conversation going? Because I think like, you know, again, I put myself out in the shoes of my students and the, the first thing is we have to overcome is the fear of just starting the conversation. But when they get a reply back, the fear is like, oh, well, how do I keep it going? Because I don't even know how to add value to them to make it worth their while too. Right. I think the, the best way is to, to know how to ask questions. And because if you know how to ask questions, and that doesn't mean you need to have a, a list of 50 questions with you and learn them by heart. I mean, it could work in the beginning, but I think what is more powerful is to understand what questions bring the best conversation. And often those are questions with, with how and what. So, so, if, if, so if someone is telling, telling you about your job, okay, the, more, the more analytical, the more factual a conversation is, the more likely it is to become awkward and boring. So to give an example, if I if I'm if I've been to an to a, on a holiday to Italy, I can tell. Yeah, I was together with two friends. First we went to Rome, we flew there, then we rented the car, we went to the coast, then we went to the then we went to um, the other cities. We went to Florence. We did two museums, one photography, one painting museum, and then we uh, we flew back. Overall, we had a good time. If you still tell a story like that, it's very factual and very, um, very boring, right? You're not going to remember next week. But if you tell more about the why, why is, why is it relevant to me? And more about feeling and emotion, then you can share about, hey, I was with two friends. It was fantastic because we hadn't seen each other for three years. So it was so good to be together again. We know each other from football in, in high school. And that's how we met. We were always the best three, three best buddies. And that's why this 
museum was, was so great because one of those friends really liked photography. So my point is, the more you make it about connection and more emotional, it's also more memorable. And the more you steer your questions to uh, a personal answer instead of factual, that also helps to keep the conversation alive because people will, will, will keep telling. If someone says, says, hey, this is my job. My job is to, to be a data, net, data analyst in, in, at Amazon. Then you can ask, okay, what, what makes the job interesting for you? Then that person will tell a bit and you can dig deeper even. Okay, what specific parts of the job do you find interesting? Or what surprised you the most about your job? Or um, what, what advice would you give to people starting at Amazon? There's a bunch of questions you can ask. And I think those will lead to a, a, a conversation where you don't even have the, the time to think about, oh, what should I say next? Because that yeah. makes it um, awkward and, and difficult, I think. How can um, analytical people start building their, their people skills? What are some like things that they can do to improve that? In my, in my book, I mentioned three things. The first one is asking for feedback. It's daunting sometimes, but always valuable to understand, hey, how do people perceive me? What types of behavior, hey, behaviors do they see? It's very difficult to see that from, about yourself. So asking that feedback to get data from people helps you understand and analyze yourself. And the second one is journaling. I started journaling eight years ago and it has contributed a lot to my, to my development because people who have a STEM background, if you have a STEM background and you're listening, then sometimes those, that analytical mind is in the way of connecting to others, right? At least it was for me as I was describing was thinking way too much about other people. What should I say next? And that blocked my connection. But you can also, you can also benefit from your analytical mind and see yourself as kind of a, a continuous improvement. So you're, you're reflecting within your journal and with the feedback, you're understanding yourself a bit better. And if you think about that interaction or you went, you went out with friends and at some point, the conversation went down and it was not very interesting anymore. What, what did you do? Did you bring up a good question or did you stay silent? Or when you wanted to approach someone in a bar, did you, did you do it or not and why? And how can you make sure you do the, the thing next time that maybe is, is most, um, brings most nerves but gives also the best results after. So by continually optimizing and analyzing yourself, you can also make steps after. The third thing and the last thing is something I've adopted some years back, which is meditation. And maybe it's not for everyone because especially in the analytical field, some people find it too spiritual, too woo-woo. But for me, at least it gave me a lot of benefits also because it calms down my mind, my analytical mind, I'm thinking a lot. And because of that, I'm way calmer in interactions and it's pleasant. It has, has benefited my career and relationships. So I would always recommend meditation. That, that's amazing. 
so Gilbert, sure. tell me a little bit more about, tell us a little bit more about yourself, you know, um, how you got to where you are today and a little bit of what you do now. Sure. My, my background is in behavioral economics. So in, in psychology, that background, but I will, was always fascinating with data and analyzing. Then I started my career in at Cognizant, so technology consulting, mainly working with data and analytics. And I always loved it to, to analyze data, to find insights. But in parallel, I also found another passion of mine, which is training and helping other people grow in their development. And I started to do training. And back then I was working in Barcelona for six months on an assignment. And I knew I, I saw that with the colleagues around me, I had some knowledge that would benefit them. So in short sessions of 15 or 30 minutes, I started to explain some of the things I've learned from books, my own experience, things I've just mentioned. And I saw that it, that it helped them. And then I th started to think, all right, maybe this is also something I can do to a wider audience. And I went to the director of the office. I was pretty nervous because I was not sure if it was good enough, you know, maybe the, the content that I presented works with a few people, but should I also um, expand it to other people? I wasn't so sure, but I went to the director and he was very enthusiastic and he said, okay, let's, let's do it. Let's bring it also for the other colleagues. And thanks to that, I could give that training for a lot of people within my organization. And then my um, colleague moved to Capgemini. So he was like the vice president. And the vice president, he moved to Capgemini, a competitor of Cognizant. And he asked, hey, do you want to move as well? And then I told him, yes, I would, I would love to, because he, they gave me the, the path I had in mind to develop more in data and analytics. But I also wanted to develop my training skills and help more people with their development. So that's what I did. I combined the two. And then um, after three years, I went on a sabbatical, then wrote the book, came back, started my own company. And now I give training for data and analytics professionals to help them grow, communicate better. So they get more out of the, out of the data, but also more out of themselves. That's great. Um, for anybody listening that wants to maybe learn a little bit more about what you do and, and maybe connect with you, what's the best way to do so? Yeah, the best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. So if you're able to spell my last name, uh, you'll, you'll be able to find me. And I have an Instagram account as well, but not too active. LinkedIn is the place where I'm mostly active. And you can also find me on my website, which is mindspeaking.com. I'm going to put a link to your LinkedIn and your website on the show notes. So if you want to, uh, instead of trying to spell the last name, just go. Actually, you can see this, the last name how it's spelled on the podcast episode, uh, but it's also going to be on the show notes. And if you have any more questions about networking or anything like that, feel free to text me. I would love to hear from you. Text me at 321-221-5240. Gilbert, thank you so much for coming to the show. It's been amazing. You're an awesome guest. Thank you, everybody else, for listening and catch you guys on the next episode. You've been listening to the Mastering College to Career podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. In an age of short attention spans, this speaks volumes about you. 
To ensure you never miss an episode, please subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you use Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to give us a quick rating for the show. Just tap the number of stars that you think that the podcast deserves. Until next time, catch you guys on the next episode.